live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studio. It's the Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. We help people build wealth, do work that they actually love, and create real amazing relationships. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, host of the Ken Coleman Show, number one best-selling author, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. CJ's with us in Denver. Hey, CJ, what's up? Hi, Dave. Hi, Ken. Um, I am in a pickle and a bit of a mess, and I was hoping you could offer some insight, some guidance to help me get out. Um, here are a little bit of the facts. I lost my job two years ago during COVID um, and promptly went into hustling 70 hours a week delivering groceries just to keep my head above water. I was in baby step four at the time, so I just paused everything. Um, nine months after that, I just burnt out. I couldn't do it anymore. I was in an abusive relationship, and after a few months, I ended up in the hospital you were in an abusive yeah. relationship. It's a long story. How were you in an, um, an abusive relationship when you were working 90 hours a week? You didn't have time. It has to do with family. <laughs> has to do with family that is related to me by blood, not by... I got uh, you. Okay. Other. Right. Anyway, um, I wound up in the hospital weighing 52 pounds. I couldn't do anything. I spent the last six months rebuilding myself and... Now I'm in therapy for PTSD, but I find that I'm just quite frozen when it comes to deciding what I want to do as far as my career goes next. Okay. Wow, so what a I'm ride. I'm trying to figure out what to do. Okay. So let, before we get into that real quick, so you, you're no longer doing the 70 hours a week. Are you doing anything for income at all right now? Um, I wasn't for a while, and then I started delivering groceries again in a different city just to get a little bit of cash flow, but I noticed that when I do that, it pushes a lot of my stress buttons, yeah. and I end up doing okay. some right. addictive things that I don't want to do. Okay, so again, before we start thinking about the future, I want to get you stable in the now. So what do you need to be making per hour? If we look back on their history of you know what you made delivering groceries, what you need to make now, what, what, are you, what do you need to make? Gosh. Um, per hour. I'm trying to think. I would say ideally 18. 18 an hour. Okay, so 18 and 20 bucks an hour is going to keep you stable. Is that correct? Before you go for it, I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit lost. i got to catch up with you, Jessica. Okay, so you went in the hospital and you weighed what? 52. 52 pounds. 5'2". 5'2". I don't have anything left, Dave. Yeah. How old are you? I'll be 26 next month. Okay. So what do you weigh now? I don't know. Well over 100. Good. Good. Okay. So we're going in the right direction. That's good. And and how are you doing with your mental wellness today? Much better than I was six months ago. I'm still doing therapy three times a week. Mm-hmm. Um, good. I think it really depends on... I'm and the, the PTSD that you mentioned was from the former toxic family member. Yes. Okay. All right. And you're, you've obviously separated from that situation. So where no are you living and how are you living? So right now I moved states. Um, and you're, wait, I you're no what? Contact. Right now you're what? I, I moved states and I have no contact with the family. Oh, you and, moved states. Um, okay. I am living 
with a roommate um, off of my emergency fund. And so you had a little holiday. savings. I did. Okay. How much is in your savings? Right now, I have 15000 left. Okay. So you're living with roommates. You're still recovering from uh, the, the whole uh, meltdown process, for lack of a better term. Good for you. You're sure. you're 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 getting victory. I'm proud of you, and um, and, and you're not you're not creating any income today. So you're just literally living on uh, whatever you pull out of savings. Am I understanding you right? Pretty much. I make about a hundred dollars a week um, by delivering groceries here and there. Okay, but but too much of that was activating stress. Okay, because I needed to know that before I could understand what where Ken was going to take you from where you are. Now, how do we move from this place back up into uh, a life of uh, abundance for you and joy, right? right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So first thing we have to do is we don't need to be delivering groceries anymore because it's bringing up too many bad memories. So now we look for what can pay me 18 to $20 an hour, and I can get enough hours as I continue with my therapist. He's going to give me some guidance here on on this. And and so we want to start there because we don't want to keep burning through this emergency fund. As soon as possible, right. if you can work 30 to 40 hours a week, if you're healthy enough, then I'm looking at things like Target, Walmart, you know, non-delivery type situations where you've got some stability, community around you, safe environment, and you can make that kind of money. They're paying 20 an hour. Absolutely. So we start there. I want you to get a short-term, what we call a day job. And this is just getting you back to safe, self-sustaining with your income. Now, we look long-term. So we go, okay, where do we ultimately want to go? And there's a process where you've got to start to see things that maybe you've not seen before. And you do that by asking questions like, if if everything was uh, risk-free, if there were no risk and I didn't have to train for anything and I didn't have to, to know if I was going to be good at it, just starting with what would I want to do? What kind of work would bring me fulfillment? And we look at who are the people I want to help? problem maybe that I want to solve or a desire that I want to fulfill for someone and then what are the solutions to that so that's the starting process for you so I'm just curious with all the stuff you've been through I know you've been through a tremendous amount I'm just curious uh, what have you wondered about in some of your deep dark hours you wish life were better what have you wondered about doing if I could do this if I knew I could be successful this I wonder what this would be I'm just curious what pops to the top of your mind as I was asking you that uh, two things. One, I would love to work overseas. Okay. And two, I want to help people kind of find their own way um, out of abuse. Okay, great. Now, let's look at the overseas thing very quickly. Is there a type of work overseas, or you just love the idea of being in, in a different country? Is there some type of people group or type of work overseas that pops in your mind? Um, Definitely more third world work. Okay. For the um, least of I, people that maybe don't have much of a shot, you can help them with a better life. So we've got something right. to work with here, okay? So let me repeat your homework, okay? And I'm going to give you a couple of resources. Here's what I want you to do. Overseas people who maybe unfortunate uh, circumstances in their life or maybe poverty. That's one group. Then here in the United States, people that have gone through abuse. Who's helping those people? What's the best way to help them? What appeals to me? And who's doing it? How do you get there? What does it cost? How long will it take? This is looking out into the future. Now, all of a sudden, you go, oh, there is a way. There are a couple of mountaintops. And as you continue to learn more with your head, your heart will eventually select 
in those areas. Hang on the line. We're going to give you the Get Clear Career Assessment, which is a 20-minute tool to really answer a lot of those questions. And we'll give you my best-selling book, From Paycheck to Purpose, which is the path to get you up that mountain once you select it. Hey guys, it's Rachel Cruz here to tell you about a faith-based alternative to health insurance that can make healthcare more affordable, Christian Healthcare Ministries. CHM allows members to share each other's healthcare costs, and it's as easy as one, two, three. Step one, choose the healthcare provider you want. Step two, submit your eligible bills. And step three, get reimbursed. CHM members take care of your eligible medical bills. With no network and the freedom to choose your healthcare provider, CHM is the best option for Christians who want to take care of their families and help other believers. Find out more at chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. Ken Coleman, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Javier is with us in Cleveland, Ohio. Hey, Javier, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for taking my call, guys. Sure, man. What's up? So my question is, uh, I'm in baby step two, and I have about 15000 in consumer debt. Um now, I know Baby Step 2 is pay off all your debt except for the house. So my question is, should I sell the house to pay off the debt, or should I keep the house and continue paying it off as I have been? I would keep it unless there's some reason to sell it. Um, do you like it? Yeah, I love the house. The only problem is the house is about 20 miles from my current job, so I will need to buy a car. Uh, I think there's about 20000 in equity in the house. Where'd your car um, go? Well, I was living in Colorado the last two years, so I didn't really need a car, but now I'm back in Ohio, so I definitely need a car. Well, I mean, how long have you been in a house that you own 20 miles from work without a car? Uh, so I just came home. I've owned the house for three years. I had tenants in there previously, oh. so now that I'm living back in the house, I'm, I'm oh. going to need a way to work. So I see. I can save for a car. I'm staying with my, a relative at the moment, I see. closer to my job. Gotcha. Okay. What do you make? I net about 3000 a month. Okay. And how much debt do you have, not counting the house? I have about 15000 Okay. And do you have any money at all? I have my emergency fund, and I have about another 700 saved up for a vehicle. The emergency fund, you mean baby step one, $1,000, or three to six months? Just baby step one. Okay. So you have seventeen hundred dollars to your name. You make three thousand dollars a month, and um, and the house is worth what? I believe it's worth about one twenty, and I owe eighty three on it. Okay. All right. Hmm. How much you say you owe? Oh, oh. I mean, you haven't got a car yet. Correct. What's the other debt already? So the thirteen thousand is a credit card consolidation and i owe another two thousand on an old title loan okay so if you had um 
if you sold the house, you'd probably net, uh, it, it sounds like 20,000 bucks or so, right? Let's just call it that for the discussion purposes. If you had $20,000 cash in the middle of your kitchen table right now and you did not own a house, would you go buy that house with it? I would probably buy that house with it, but it, it, I don't think it'd be a bad idea to take 13 of it, pay down that credit card consolidation and take the rest to buy a vehicle. I just think it's better that I got into the house at 4% versus buying a house today at 6%. Yeah, but and also my 6% credit card that when you're then. broke doesn't matter. Right. And right now, I mean, we're, we're sitting here discussing you buying a $700 car. Right. How old are you? 26. Okay. So if you sell the house and you use that to jumpstart your life and solidify your life and you launch into a career and you launch into a reasonable car and you're 100% debt-free and you get on a tight budget and you use all of that to build your emergency fund of three to six months of expenses and then you save a down payment to buy a house two years from now, <laughs> that will be a successful ending. If you sell the house and you screw around for the next two years and sort of do this stuff, um, you're going to end up wishing you'd kept the house. Right. But if you want to lean in and do the Financial Peace University stuff, hardcore, selling the house will catapult you into wealth more than keeping it well. Mm -hmm. You see how I'm doing that? Yes, sir. But, I mean, you got to use every ounce of the money coming out of this thing to cause your life to be excellent and a solid foundation, and we're living on a tight budget. We're not spending everything we make. We're going to accelerate this career, get the income up, Ken, uh, beyond where it is, yeah. and, uh, you know, let's double your income in the next four years. Yeah, this is not about making things better in the temporary. This is about changing the course of your life, and if it becomes the catalyst for that, absolutely agree i think yeah. it's the right move you have to commit to the whole plan 100 the whole process and go okay i'm gonna take classes get certifications i'm gonna change jobs again i'm gonna get the parts of my life that aren't stable stabilized i'm gonna get plugged into a good church i'm gonna get my life straightened up i'm gonna do everything right i'm gonna be clean as a whistle i'm gonna be uh working this budget tight and watching what i'm doing i'm gonna be losing weight I'm going to do everything, man. I'm going to get this whole thing going. And if you use this house money to do all of those things, you will end up a millionaire because of selling the house. Yeah. Because you're not driving a freaking $700 car for the next nine months, making $3,000 driving 20 miles for the opportunity to make no money. Yeah. And be careful with who you surround yourself. If you sell this house, uh, be careful who you surround yourself with. A lot of broke people giving bad advice and telling you to live it up a little bit. Uh, this is about discipline and diligence. Walk our baby step plan out and then diligently stay with it. Don't get too tempted to buy a house after you sell this house. If you got to rent for a while, just walk this thing out, and then you're going to be in really great shape. You'll be ahead of most people your age. Yeah. yeah. Hang on. We're going to put you through Financial Peace University as our guest to help you do all of that, Javier. Hold on. All right. Mike's in Daytona Beach. Mike, what's up? Hey, thank you for taking my call. Sure. How can we my help? Situation, uh, my situation is as follows. I had lost my job back in COVID. Uh, a year later, everything started to go very well, and now I have a salary making more than I've ever made. However, things went to collections during that time period. Uh, so now I'm curious, do I pay off what's in collections? I'm not being bothered by any of the collectors. The only debt I have currently is a 
van, and I owe about 13 on the van, and then I have my rent and internet and what have you. Yeah. So how much do you? How much is in collections? Uh, probably twenty-five grand. Okay. From what? Uh, consolidation loan and credit cards. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you you legitimately owe the money. You just weren't able to pay it at the time. Correct. Yeah, and I can look. You know, I've looked at my credit report in the past. I saw they were there, but I'm not being hounded. Yeah. I've seen they've been charged off and sold to third parties already. Yeah. Being hounded isn't the issue. You morally owe the money, sir. You took money Correct. from someone. You need to give it back to them. Correct. Yeah. Um, but do I focus on those first and just do snowball effect of the smallest to largest? Or do no, I'd knock out the, the car. If they're not hounding you, I'd, knock, I'd run two debt snowballs. Let's run the first one on active debts, clear the car. Any other debts you have that are active, you're paying payments on, clear all of them. And then I would work a debt snowball on the old dead debts, smallest to largest. Yeah. Now, how long has it been since you paid on these? On the debt collections? Yes, sir. Oh, probably three months. I, I went online and I saw okay, so, I had money to them. I had a phone yeah. call and so, I negotiated what, and I settled. Gotcha. You settled? Then I just, yeah, I, made, I negotiated and said, hey, I can pay you this much now. And we, set, we settled on the payment um, for the collectors. But there, there's still more that I owe. You know, I was doing a snowball effect. But then okay, I so you've settled some of them, standard. but there's still some outstanding. Correct. Okay, when you settle them, make sure you get it in writing that they're accepting X amount, whatever the amount agreed on, as settlement in full. Get that in writing, email or otherwise. Yes, sir. I already have that and printed out. Good, good. And hard copy printed out so you don't lose the email later because it will come back to get you. But, yeah, you need to go through and settle the rest of them after you get the car paid off. That's what we're going to do. What are you making now? Household income is monthly after taxes is thirteen k. Oh, good Lord. You're um, going to blow through this in no yeah, time. Um, of, course, of course you're going to. Yeah, that, that, we have, to give me an idea, we have 3K, but I had lost my job. Yeah. Okay. The great so, news is you got a great yeah. new job, and you're going to clean up your mess fast. Good. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, go do it, dude. Absolutely. There's no, no upside to not paying what you owe. A, it's an integrity issue. B, it's a legal issue. C, it's a credit issue. Uh, D, did I mention it's an integrity issue and the right thing to do? I think I mentioned that, yeah. Go do that one, yeah. And, you know, it's just going to come back. I mean, these things, it's like a splinter. It, it eventually will fester and cause you a problem. It's just a matter of whether it's five months or five years. And so you want this stuff out of your life. You want, your, you want when you look in the rearview mirror, you don't want to see headlights. <laughs> you want to see blue lights. <laughs> Coming around and around and around. This is The Ramsey Show. Are you sick of planned obsolescence? You know, when companies make products crappy, so you have to buy more of their crappy products? Well, me too. And it's why I love companies like Grip6. Grip6 is all about quality products meant to last forever. That's why their comfortable, bulk-free belts, slimline wallets, and lightweight wool socks all come with a lifetime warranty and simple returns and exchanges. So check them out at Grip6.com today and get up to 20% off with the promo code RAMSEY.
Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. We're glad you are here. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Eileen is with us in Connecticut. Hey, Eileen, how are you? Hi, Dave. How are you? Better than I deserve. I am. <laughs> I'm a first-time caller, but I listened to you for a long time. Well, thank you. Um, how can we help? I am going to turn 59 and a half. And I was thinking of paying off my mortgage with my TSP something. Cool. How much is your mortgage? Um, um, eighty-two thousand left. How much in the TSP? Seven hundred and thirty thousand. Great. Do it. Do it. Okay. Yep. So you got to make it on six hundred thousand with no debt. Life's rough. Right, and I have another Roth outside the TSP too. You killed, you killed it, girl. You're a millionaire. <laughs> What's the house worth? Three twenty. I, I told you you're a millionaire. Wow. I'm yes, so proud nice of you. Hear that. <laughs> you, ever, you ever thought about it? I mean, you add up what you what you own minus what you owe, and if it's one million or greater, you're a millionaire. Yeah, yeah, I've thought about it. Yeah, hard to believe. It took a while, but <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you, this is what it. you've been doing. What'd you do for a living? Right. Post office. What'd you do at the post office? Just a clerk inside, you know. Just a clerk millionaire. Right. I started at what? 30,000. And this is a high point, 69,000. But I've been there 35 years. You single? Yeah. Well, I'm divorced. Yes, there was a divorce in the middle there. How long have you been divorced? Oh, 15 years. Okay. And one son, he's 22. Yeah. Yeah, so you can do it. Hey, uh, I want you to go look in the mirror because you're a pretty impressive woman. Oh, okay. Your dad got millionaire as a post office clerk. Shut up. This is this is amazing. It's freaking amazing. Yeah, you did good. You did good. I'm kind of a kind of a nerd. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you've been the tortoise so long, you forgot it was impressive. Yep. You're steady. You're predictable. Yes. Right. That's and all those not, all Every, those nights you wondered if you were going to make it when you were going through this divorce, right now they all paid off. Yeah, you, you that made was it. a little nerve-wracking. You made yep. it. You made it. You did wow. it. <laughs> That's great to hear that from you. Thank I mean, you're you. 69 years old. You get $600,000 with a paid-for house after this conversation. 59. Well, 59. I, what I say? 60 yeah. years old. 59, 60. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Close enough. I mean, yeah. you got to be 59 and a half to do this, but yeah. Ding, ding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. What do you tell just, people just that their secret to being a millionaire is? Uh, you just got to be disciplined and just, you know, every week it just automatically goes in. And that's it. What kind of, uh, which funds did you use in the TSP? The C, uh, C, S, and I, mostly C, though. Yeah. So, so you've been following I, our stuff for a long time. A long time, yeah. How long? In my, oh, 15 years or more? Yeah, wow. You're a Baby Steps millionaire. Yeah, my son, listen, we used to go on rides to Vermont, and I'd have you on in the car. So now he's he's very money savvy. <laughs> Good. Good to have a 22-year-old that's money savvy. They don't live in your basement that way. Oh, no. He left. Yeah. He's out west. Yeah. Well, very yeah. well done. What are you going to do to kick up your heels and enjoy your life now? 
I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Three have, to five years, I plan to retire, so mm-hmm. we'll see. You like to travel? Yeah, yeah. What kind so, of car do you drive? Yep. A Subaru. Five-year-old used Subaru. Okay. All right. When yeah. you retire, I want you to get a good car. <laughs> a okay. better car. Okay. A nice car. You're driving yeah. a you're driving a car like a post office clerk, not like a millionaire. <laughs> you hear me? Okay. I want you to enjoy yes, a little you. bit of this money. And I want All you right. and I want you yep. to be generous with some of this money. So I want to hear about some kind mm-hmm. of like cool trip you did. Mm. Like you okay. went to Switzerland or you rode a cruise mm. ship down the Danube or I don't know what you want to do. What is it you want to do? You need to go do that. And you need to get you a little All better right. car. And just drive around the mm-hmm. big old millionaire smile on your face. <laughs> okay. I'm so proud of you. Hang on. I'm going to send you a copy of Baby Steps Millionaire since you are one. Now, that's fun, Ken Coleman. Uh, it's really fun because you can literally hear the light bulbs going off multiple times. You turned the light bulbs on in multiple rooms of her head there. It was like, oh, okay, I am awesome, and I was disciplined. And I am. That was really sweet, really sweet to see that, and, and uh, she's been through it, you know, and yet she stayed the course. Really exciting. I want to know what car she's going to buy. That That's kind of fun. You'd have to literally convince her to do it. Too. Oh, I'd have to take her to that gum lot, I'm afraid. But, yeah. <laughs> You'd have to drive her up there. Just drive her up and go, you're getting this one. Right? But, yeah, because, you know, it's one of the things that – those of us that uh you grind and you grind and you hustle and you grind and you grind and you don't even look up yeah that's right and then when you look up you go oh look at there right and then you you have to build a new muscle yeah and that's the muscle of enjoying the money it's true and being generous with the money at a different level than never before she you told her your emotions are still functioning down at, at one level but your money's up at another level right well you told her you said she said i'm a nerd and you said well you've been a tortoise so long you haven't noticed and she she's already crossed the finish line and she didn't realize she won the race <laughs> like she just kept her head down she crossed the finish line right and she just keeps on going and for the next three to five years she's going to stack more money yeah you know because now she has a paid for house yeah or is about to i was telling a group of business leaders the other day i'm there i'm a turtle on a fence post mm-hmm if you ever see a turtle on a fence post when you're walking down a country lane, you'll know two things. One is he didn't get there by himself. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's the truth. And two, he's a bit surprised. <laughs> what am I doing here? <laughs> and uh, yeah, that, that's that's the feeling you have when you when you cross over that apex yeah. Yeah. on your wealth building. You've you've been pushing the ball, the rock up the hill for so long. When it finally goes over the hill, you're like, oh god, what do I do now? I didn't even. This actually worked. Yep. Oh my gosh! It's true, and that's a standard emotion of how do I stop and be generous? How do I stop and enjoy? Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be. You don't have to become irrational. I don't want to go buy a two hundred thousand dollar car, but she sure does need a twenty thousand dollar one, um, and out of eight hundred thousand or a million dollar net worth now and that kind of thing. So what a wonderful, wonderful thing. So here's what I want. Um, We need to somehow bottle that call and for the the group in America that's out there saying you can't make it in America today, we need to remind you that a postal clerk just called here yeah. making thirty five to sixty nine thousand through her working lifetime and became a millionaire by fifty nine. Mm-hmm. We need to remind you people the little man can't get ahead. The rich just keep getting richer and the poor keep getting poorer. Wealth inequality is not fair. 
Let me tell you what the fair is. The fair is where the tilt-a-whirl is and the cotton candy is. That's what fair is. What's fair is that woman put money into her TSP and didn't go out to eat while your butt was down there stuffing tacos. Mm-hmm. And you, and then you want to go, well, it's not fair. Let me tell you what's not fair. It's not fair that you want some of her money and you just let this president raise taxes on her. Tax bill just went through that raised taxes on her. That's not fair. Oh, now you're getting me excited. I mean, really. And so this this crap, man, and this idea that, you know, this country is so broken that people can't get ahead, that sweet little lady there it's true. just worked steady, worked hard, worked disciplined, worked consistently. She had a life. She didn't live in a cave and collect lint and only come out on Triple Coupon Thursday. But she was diligent. She was intentional. And she became a millionaire by 59. And then you call me up and tell me it can't happen in America today. Kiss my butt. It can, too. It absolutely can. I talk to these people every day. Every day. Everywhere I go. And I can't stand it when you hope stealers out there, in the name of your leftist agenda, keep telling people that this place is so broken that you can't win. Hey, we got our problems, but we're the, still the best shot you got if you're the little man in the entire world. America's still the best shot for the little man in the entire world. That's a statistical fact, you morons. This is The Ramsey Show. Scripture of the day, 1 Peter 4.10, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Tony Dungy says, it's all about the journey, mine and yours, and the lives we can touch, the legacy we can leave, and the world we can change for the better. Truly one of the nicest people on the dadgum planet. Yeah. That guy is incredible. All class. So, no question about it. Greg is with us. Greg's in Rhode Island. Hi, Greg. How are you? Good, Dave. How are you? Better than we deserve. What's up? Thank you guys for taking my call. Long-time listener, first-time caller, so I appreciate it. Um, I'm calling with a question regarding whether or not uh, it would be a good idea for my wife and I to sell one of our cars. Okay. Why would you do that? So we... Um, well, we are moving in this fall to Tennessee, and um, we currently have two cars, and um, due to the fact that we sometimes commute to work, but we have jobs that have allowed us to go fully remote once we move, so we're no longer going to need the two cars. Um, so to avoid the expense of shipping one of them, we didn't know if it was worth it given the market and knowing that um, we're planning on having kids within the next three-ish years, um, we'd be wanting to get another one at that point. So, um, What are the cars worth? What you guys think? Uh, so I've gotten a few estimates on the one I'm looking to sell, and if we went through a dealer and sold it to them, it would be anywhere from nine to 11000 but if we tried to do it private party, I think it would be a little bit more than eleven. Okay. Do you owe anything on these cars? No, they're both paid for. What do you guys make? We make around uh, 180 
185,000 household income. Okay. Um, I would keep the car until you make the move and get settled in the new life and make sure you don't need it. It's only $11,000. Okay. If you get to Tennessee and you're doing the home work from home thing and, and, that, and you settle in the rhythm of that for a few months and you go, really, one of these cars is kind of stupid sitting here, then you can dump it then. But uh, let, let's, let's test your theory against real life first because uh, it's, it's not enough money to matter in your situation. Okay, yeah. The, the other side to it, I don't know if I mentioned, but we are in baby step two and we have about 58000 left in debt to pay off. Um, but we've been, we started at 100 What's the other car worth? The, uh, probably just a few thousand more than that, maybe yeah. like 15. If your cars aren't your problem. You were just, you just okay. had to get organized with your $180,000 income and start knocking the 58 out, right? Yeah, yeah. We started actually paying down the 120 in, in November of last year and now it's down to 58. So Way to go. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, so by what, six more months, you're done at that rate. Yeah, I think our estimated payoff is something like uh, end of February or beginning of March. Yeah, that's going. what I was thinking. Yeah, very good. Very good. And mm-hmm. if the shipping in $11,000 car is a problem, just drive it. True. Yeah. Just drive it down here. And, you know, then you're in Tennessee. And I, I, I if it was, you know, a bigger percentage of your income or a bigger percentage of your debt, if it was a bunch of money as a ratio somehow, yeah, I'd probably dump it at that point. I mean, tell, tell me if the car is worth fifty grand. Yeah, I might dump it, you know, but it's $11,000. In your situation, with as much money as you make, I wouldn't. It just doesn't move the needle mathematically. And so I, I personally would keep it, drive it down to Tennessee, part, you know, get your life settled, get yourself out of debt, and then you go, oh, I don't need this car sitting around. Then you get rid of it. But it's not really a math. It's not really a, a, a financial necessity that you do that or a math-based need. Tom is in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Hey, Tom, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Thanks, Dave. How are you doing today? Better than I deserve. What's up? So um, uh, this is a question of integrity. I've paid off about $60,000 in debt, and I have just a few thousand left, 3000 on a credit card that I'm 99% sure that I did not um, – that I did not take out this credit card, that it's like an identity theft type of thing. Have you paid uh, on so, it before? No, I have not. You've not paid a dime on it? No. It was on the very it was on the very end of my debt snowball. When did you find out found, about it? Um, um, uh, about like, nine, I don't know, nine months, 12 months ago. Why did you not report it as identity theft then? Because I'm not 100% sure about it. And when I contacted the, the bank, uh, Huntington Bank, to get the transaction history, I, I spent about a year trying to get the transaction history, and they, they won't give it to me. So because they won't give it to me, I have, I have no idea if I actually took it out or not. So I'm not comfortable yet going to the police and filling out a, a criminal report for a crime that might not have happened. Okay, I'm a little bit confused about how your life operates where you don't know if you spent $3,000 or not. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. It's from like five years ago. Is when it was taken out, and it was taken out alongside of another. There were there were two credit cards taken out in my name. One was certainly me. The second one, I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure wasn't me. So this puts me in a place where my 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 question is: is if I find out that it, well, I guess it doesn't matter if it was me or not. The integrity thing is, 
I should um, I should just pay it off. It's my name. I should be responsible for my name. You're not responsible for identity theft. Not morally, not under any definition of integrity. They're, those people are bank robbers. You're not responsible for them robbing the bank. So then it sounds to me like you're leaning towards the option that I'm my integrity is trying to tell me to lean away from, and that's let the bank's insurance. In, you have a wrong definition of integrity, sir. If someone else robs a bank, it is not your job to make the bank whole. That is not integrity. They robbed okay. a bank. Someone robbed a bank of $3,000. Just because they used your name to do it doesn't make you liable. Okay. Um, I think you're feeling guilty for being so disorganized five years ago that you're not even sure if this is yours. No, no, no. It's, it's not a feeling of, of guilt at all. It's like a thing of, uh, I think that our country lacks integrity. and I, think I don't disagree with that. If you, told me you, if you told me you had, uh, if you told me you had taken this loan out, I would tell you to pay it as a matter of integrity. But you didn't take the loan out is what you're telling me. I mean, 99.9% yeah, sure is kind of like 100 Okay, well, let me give you just a, just a real brief backstory. At the time that this happened, I was living in a really bad area of town that was overrun by gangs because I was house-sitting um, a house for somebody uh, <laughs> for my church. I didn't realize that that's what I was getting into at the time, but that's what I ended up getting myself into. But I'm the one who made the decision to go and live in that bad area, and while I was in that ba- bad area, I'm pretty sure this identity theft thing happened. I think that's where my guilt is. I made a bad decision because of the bad decision that I made it cultivated. You lived in an area where people rob banks. One of them robbed a bank. That does not make you responsible for robbing a bank because you lived in an area where people rob banks. If you think of this as a bank robber, it'll help you work through the ethics of it. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, but it's not... Okay, dude, go pay the bill if you want. I'm yeah. not paying the bill if I don't owe it. I'm not. I'm done arguing with you, yeah. okay? But that, that... Is it not a little fishy, Dave, that he calls the holder, the bank of the credit card, and says, this is me, and I'm getting bills for this. I want to see the transaction history, and they won't share it with him? That seems a little squishy weird to me. Well, that's... Yeah, it is weird. Uh, something's not adding up and then he feels like he's got to die on this hill here so i and how do you 99.9 percent the point one i i I think he's 100 percent sure that he didn't take it out i think he is i think he's 100 percent sure that he didn't do this but he still feels like he has to do it for some reason i don't know where that's coming from it's it's it is not an integrity issue listen if you call the show and tell me you don't want to pay a bill that you owe i'm gonna I'm going to be all over your butt for integrity, okay? I do it all the time, and I have for 30 years. But when someone steals your identity, you are not responsible under any scenario for that just because you lived in an area where identity thieves live. I mean, if you live in Canada and there's an attorney there in Canada that's trying to rip somebody off on a $13 million scam, are you liable because you live in Canada? No, you're not. This is just That's just absurd. This, this, this was that hour for sure. That puts this hour of the Ramsey Show in the books. We'll be back with you before you know it. In the meantime, remember, there's ultimately only one way to financial peace, and that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus.
Hey folks, Ken Coleman here. Did you know The Ramsey Show is one of the most popular podcasts in the world? Get your daily dose of advice on life and money. Check out all of our shows from The Ramsey Network wherever you listen to podcasts.